I do. I do indeed. Darren Clarkson podcast. But you know that, you know, because you've sort of tuned in. And if it's your first time, skip back through a few episodes, probably something like number 10, uh, and you'll get a proper introduction. Now, sometimes I introduce this, I say, you know, Himalayan kayaker now living near the banks of the River Air, uh, back in Yorkshire. But this podcast is actually in the Himalayas. Woohoo! So I'm on the banks of the Sun Cozy. So, right, I'm sort of sat in, say, in the jungle. I'm in the jungle. You can hear sort of critters and stuff kicking about behind me. If my mic's very good, which it's probably not, and it just sounds like people playing table tennis or something. But there's a lot of critters behind me, which is really cool. I've got the highway in front of me, the highway that goes up to Tibet, up to Friendship Bridge, and then I've just got the Sun Cozy. Blank splat in front of me, which is really cool. There's people walking around with uh, mobile phones, playing songs. There's music on. You know, life's good. Life is good. So I'm sorry if there's a bit of a clattering and banging, but we know, we'll have to learn to deal with all that, won't we? What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about, I thought we could talk about 20 ideas of Himalayan kayaking. But then I thought, why why do that? Because I could probably get, you know, at least 20 episodes out of that and talk about every year. So I'm not doing that. Uh, I think I'm going to talk about confidence and paddle strokes and stuff that's just been in my mind recently. So some people think you've got to be this crazy-ass, super-skilled kayaker, class five, to come over to places like Nepal and India. Well, that's baloney, you know. Places like Nepal and India, Bhutan, probably Morocco as well, uh, and Kenya, loads of places. Actually really good places for people to learn to kayak, because the water tends to be a bit warmer than uh, in the UK, tends to be a bit warmer than the Alps. So, if, for example, you could learn to kayak in Nepal in, you know, board shorts and a t-shirt, and you'd be well looked after, the water's pretty deep, you wouldn't bang your swede on a rock when you fell in, you could have some nice food, and you could swim in a swimming pool afterwards, which is pretty cool, isn't it? Nepal has this image of, like, gnarled old river guides, sleeping in ditches, fighting to get buses onto roofs of buses, uh, buses fighting to get boats onto roofs of buses, struggling uh, to barter with porters. But if, you know, if you're on a commercial trip, uh, that doesn't happen. You know, everything's sort of laid out nicely and you can have a jolly nice time. And you can sort of build your confidence before you put your strokes into action. Because I'm a little bit of the belief that you have to be, you have to be sort of confident uh, to move around on the water before you can really get competent because it takes a massive sort of swell of confidence to put yourself in 200 cubic rivers, for example. Massive swell of confidence for you to put yourself in 10 cubic rivers. Uh, and then to move your boat around takes confidence and competence. But I'm not convinced that competence comes first. I think you need to have confidence before you can have competence before you can have more confidence but we can debate that all, all we want you know but like I say I just wanted to talk really about changes I've seen in Nepal over 20 odd years Kathmandu's changed massively it's a thriving sort of metropolitan city 
internet is pretty cool. Everyone's got smartphones. I mean, there's probably more people in Nepal that have got smartphones than toilets, to be honest. Uh, especially flushing toilets. But don't let that put you off. You can get international cuisine. But you can't get a good British fry up. Uh, I've, I've struggled with it. Oh, shepherd's pie. Uh, but you can get, like, most things, you know, uh, chicken and chips. Chicken and chips is a massive thing out here. Fish and chips even, but I won't necessarily go for fish and chips because the nearest sea's miles away and your cod or your haddock could have to be here sort of sent in on a rickety old bus, rickety old truck or whatnot. So let's just ignore that. But you can get international cuisine, really good coffee as well. Uh, you sleep in clean white sheets. You know, you drink, you know, you drink nice fresh water. You have nice cold cokes, nice cold beers, bottle of wine, bit of Jacob's Creek, something like that. Uh, a bit of summer's beside her. Happy days. Vehicles in Nepal have got better, got more expensive. Uh, electric vehicles are, are growing in popularity in Nepal, and you can go from Kathmandu to Pokhara on one charge, which is amazing. So that's a, that's a massive step forward. Uh, electric charge points on the highway, which is great. You know, uh, absolutely amazing. Boat choice is pretty good in Nepal. No longer are you needing to paddle boats that are you know, a decade or more old. Outfitting might be a bit rickety in some boats, but that is life. Uh, and most higher boats in the world, I guess. Outfitting does become rickety. So if you do come out on a trip, bring some duct tape and maybe bring uh, some hip shims and airbags. That'll help you with your hiring boats. Mm, or bring your own boats out. Speaking of bringing your own boats out, airport. Nepal airports, the uh, international airport in Kathmandu, is as always has been, as far as I'm concerned. No massive changes. A load of palaver getting visas on arrival, but there always has been. Join one queue to fill a form in, join one queue to pay your money, join one queue to get your visa stamp. Uh, don't make it simple, but why would they? There's also an international airport in Pokhara, which is yet to accept any international flights. Massive hemorrhage of money. And a massive international airport in Butwal. Again, no international flights, but there's three international airports now. Domestic airport also in... Uh, Pocker, so you can fly Kathmandu Pocker if you don't want to take the bus. Or say a bus, you could take a car, taxi, well, whatever you want. Uh, which is pretty cool. The highway is really good now to Mugling. Uh, I found this recently, and down to Chitwan. Mugling to Chitwan, super quick. Like, super quick these days. Just a few hours. Uh, Chitwan makes a really good sort of end of a trip if you're doing the lower city or you're paddling the Trisoli. Class 2 3, adventure paddling. Perfect way to end a trip. Coming back from the Sun Cozy, calling the chit one on the way back, breaks up the journey. Absolutely bob on. Bob on. Uh, can't recommend it enough. Nepal's getting there when it comes to, uh, you know, the ethical dilemma of elephant use. So people are not riding around on the backs of elephants and stuff like that, as mu well, I say, as much as used to. Tourists are not on it, locals are still using elephants. Uh, but they seem to be much more well looked after than they have been in the past. And again, only time will tell how ethical that is. Trekking out here. Because uh, we're all going to talk about trekking, because Nepal's famous for that big chucking mountain, in it? You know, that big mountain that we call Everest, named after George Everest, the surveyor, as opposed to Sagamartha of Chimalunga, which is its real name. Uh, so let's call it the Sagamartha Base Camp Trek, as opposed to the Everest Base Camp Trek. And you've got the Annapurna Trek, and you've got Poon Hill, and Panchasse, various other treks you can do. 
uh, the government just brought in a rule that you've got to have a guide. So even if you're independently backpacking out here, you're still going to pay for a guide or a porter, which has probably got loads of pros and loads of cons. Pros are you give somebody a job. Pros are you probably don't get lost. Not that you would get lost because it's a good chucking trail. Uh, cons are you are sort of fixed to a schedule, I guess. And Mr. Porter, Mr. Guideman will obviously take you to his friend's restaurants, his friend's hotels. You can't uh, spread your wealth a little bit more than like you would if you didn't know you know but then there's pros and cons and i've, I've yet to see uh, a positive or a negative of it i don't know how it's going to sit and it'll probably change by next season anyway because it's nepal and nepal does that sort of stuff rivers rivers are good man you know let, let's talk about nice rivers nepal's got nice rivers. let's talk about nice rivers under class three because there's some nice rivers above class three you know class four four plus in class five ah! Uh, but let's talk about these sort of nice class, underclass three rivers. Nepal's got oodles of them, oodles of them. Like I say, I'm looking at the Sunkozy at the moment, and uh, that is a really nice sort of class two, three outside my door. Uh, I sleep in a safari tent with a little creek flowing past. I have solar showers. I'm on Wi-Fi. Life can't get much better, can it? I've got a hammock as well. But that river there, class two, three, perfect for sort of honing your skills. This time of year, you could do the whole of the Suncozy for about 11 days. And it wouldn't be more than class three. You might see bamboo rafts, hook fin style. People moving the bamboo around to, down to India. Absolutely bloody perfect. Uh, later in the year, sort of post-monsoon. Well, monsoon. Let's talk about monsoon season. Not many paddles come out in monsoon because it's chucking big. Uh, you can do the whole 11 days on Cozy about a day and a half, because I know, because I have done. Massive, you know, but post monsoon, October time, some Cozy sort of ramps up a little bit from sort of class 2, 3 to sort of faster flowing 3, 4, we want class 5-ish, rapid in the middle that you can walk around if you need to. So that's that one. Some Cozy on the doorstep. Absolutely bonus time. Just around the corner from here, we've got uh, the Indrati Melanchicola. Again, beautiful. Little class two, three. Perfecto mundo. Easy access routes now, roads in. Uh, beforehand, you used to have to walk into those rivers. But you don't know, you can just drive in. Drive in, drive out. Happy days. Let's have a look at the Trisulli. Trisulli. Bob on. Loads of different mappings of Trisulli. Even in this level. Class two, class three. Some rapids, massive volume, scary, Wah! but really class two, three, but bigger volume than it ever paddled in before, especially if you're a European paddler. And, uh, but deep, so if you do take a tumble, you have a little bit of a swim, uh, someone picks you up at the bottom in the flat, happy days, no struggling to roll, uh, and banging your swede on rocks, like it. That's a Trisulli. You've uh, got the lower seti, lower seti, really, really nice sort of jungle trip. Lovely jungle trip. A couple of nights. Uh, you can do it in two nights, but I don't see why you would. You can do it with, do it in a single night. So a paddle, sleep over, and then sleep on the beach and paddle again the next day. Really nice sort of boogie-woogie class two, three. The bigger rapids come on the last day just before it kicks into the Trisulli. Again, beautiful thing to be do- beautiful thing to be doing. Happy days there, isn't it? Nice. We've not even got to Pokhara yet. You know, we're still hanging over the uh, Kathmandu side. That's awesome. 
Right, let's start heading over to the highway. We've got low mass, Yandy. Ramps up a little bit in uh, difficulty, but still perfect there. You've got the Buri Gandaki. Again, that's sort of Kathmandu side of the Trishuli. If you wanted to do the Buri Gandaki, that's got some really nice sort of class 2, 3. It's got some really hard stuff high up. Hard and scary, landsliding, ah, horrible stuff. But the lower stuff's really nice. Uh, so that's a worthwhile little explore up there. And then you've got all the sort of Low Marciandi, you could do that. You could do a, like the Seti Canali or the Berry. They'd be really nice, sort of funky little class two, three multi days. They'd be perfect multi days. Uh, again, nothing scary. Nothing like big hole scary, just as Slime would put it. Uh, flutty class three. And that's what you've got. They're lovely. But don't trust me on this because a monsoon comes or a new road comes and drops a landslide and gives you a monster rapid then don't write to me and tell me that I'm wrong. Uh, but they're nice little rapids over that side, you know. Uh, you've got the uh, Sadikala on the Indian border. Uh, Splits Indian Nepal. If you're going to do it, you've got to pick a side. Like, <laughs> a bit like Man New Man City. You've got to pick a side like it's uh, one of those derby matches, as it were. So you either do it from the Nepal side or you do it from the Indian side. Again, Boogaloo class three, class two, three. Uh, let's talk about it from the Nepal side. I've called it the Kalisada, but it's it's got a different name, the Mahakali Kala or something like that in uh, Nepal, but it's still the side of Kala. Well worth you having a little mooch about on if, you, if that's your sort of thing you want to do. I quite like that river. Like I say, all fluffy. If you do it from the Indian side, you can get a choo choo train. No choo choo trains in Nepal. So get a choo choo train. Up to the uh, Kadisala, then go and uh, dick about like that big building. You know, afterwards, got the Taj. You know, be quite nice, that one. I am rattling, but what I'm trying to get to you, uh, get sort of told to you all is, you don't have to be this sort of gnarled old expedition, uh, dirty underpant wearing explorer to, to be in places like this. The Himalayas are awesome. You don't need to go and like bite the head off a chicken and forage for food. You know, it's just not like that. You know, as I sit here now, I've been walking around uh, the camp while I've been talking to you. You've probably been hearing the sort of rattles of the mic. And I'm looking into the jungle as the creek flows past. The sun's getting quite low in the sky now. It's got like a an amber glow, but there's a bit of pinkness around it, which is quite nice. It's all right, isn't it? You can hear the car just behind me. A cup of tea on my table. Life's pretty good, isn't it? You know, it's pretty good. So I'm in the Himalayas with a cup of tea on a hammock, looking at the sun setting below the hill with a cup of tea and Wi-Fi. Now that's bob on. It really is. But if I really wanted, I could probably watch Netflix. But I don't need to watch Netflix, do I? I've got all this amazing stuff around me. So what else is new? We've rattled on about the Himalayas for quarter of an hour, which is about the same time that you get for break at school, isn't it? So, if you've been listening to this at playtime at school, which is unlikely, because I swear a lot, and if you listen to this with all the swear words you're pulling out of school, uh, but it's probably time to go back to class. If you're a teacher and you've been listening to this, it's definitely time to go back to class. Start marking books. What else is new then, kiddos? Uh, I've started to wear hearing aids. So, that's a thing. Surfers here, that's a thing. It's a massive thing. Look after your lug holes. 
Uh, talking to you now, I've got an earpiece in. It's not my hearing aid. It's just an earpiece for the mic. Uh, and I've got massive feedback rattling through my brain box because of my uh, hearing aid on my other ear. Look after your logos, everyone. You know, like, surface is a thing. Wear earplugs. Wear skull caps. Duct tape. You know, blue tack, whatever it may be. Uh, I could get mine drilled, but I don't get infections in my lugs, uh, so I'm not getting them drilled yet. Uh, hearing aids are the best option for me at this time. Which means I can tell the difference between people talking about toffee and coffee, for example. Which is cool. Yeah. Because uh, I, I got long hair, I was quite conscious about wearing them. But I got long hair and my hair covers my ears and no one can see them. Which is really cool. But look after your lugs, everyone. If you just started paddling and you're in your 50s, uh, you could probably not look after your lugs because by the time you get surface here, you'll be deaf anyway. Uh, but if you're a wee bambino like I was when I started paddling, wear earplugs. Yeah, look after them. Get your ears checked. If you're an old paddler, I'm nearly 50, I still boated. I never thought that was going to be a thing. So, yeah, if you're old, go to, get a free hearing test. If you've got to buy a set of ear... Uh, hearing aids, get, it, get them bought you know, it's a wonderful thing I can talk on the phone now, I've not been able to talk on the phone properly for 10 years and I can hold the phone to my ear and talk which is amazing, right end of discussion, I'm flying back to the UK soon, yay uh, but I just wanted to give you all a heads up about you don't have to be an amazing uh, ruggedy outdoor type to come to Nepal or India uh, or Bhutan uh, there's an infrastructure now for you, which is cool. Right, I'll have to drink some coffee. Uh, I've got my tea. My tea's gone cold, uh, so I bet I can you one up. I think I've got another coffee. Right, have a great one, gang. Speak to you soon.